What's it like to be an empath at this time of the Great Awakening and to wake up your soul through the messy human experience of feeling everything, feeling everything that's not even yours half the time, and maybe even carrying a load that's not yours? But how do you even discern who you are and who somebody else is and where the boundary is? Today's conversation with Shauna Lee is going to illuminate some of that. She's the founder of The Soul Frequency, and she's the best-selling author of The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life. And she's here to share her wisdom. Join us to find out more. Soul Nectar Show. The Soul Nectar Show. You're invited, delighted, to discover who you are. Possible if you believe to join us on this beautiful journey. So Nectar Show. Show. Well, hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is greater than us, the big mystery beyond the veil to those synchronistic moments that inexorably lead us deeper into ourselves and to an awareness of who we are in truth underneath all of the conditioning and all of the, the stories we've told about ourselves and others in the world. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird. I love these conversations week after week. And today we're going to be talking about your soul frequency and accessing your soul frequency. And what is your soul frequency? What is alignment with that? What is your authentic self? These are all questions that we are revealing layer by layer as we each go deeper within ourselves to find the truth of ourselves. Because we have come into this life with a certain personality and a certain life plan and a certain life story. And then along the way, many of us have awakened to that's not the whole truth. That's not everything. There's actually more to know about ourselves. And that as we reclaim ourselves, we can know more and more about our deepest places. And even in that reclamation is sometimes some shadow work, some things deep inside that were painful or wounded or um, where we had some trauma that got frozen in time. And and then it comes out in moments where we recognize, oh, there's a part of me that still needs love and healing right now. And I'm going to bring that home to me so that I can reclaim more of myself and be more of my wholeness of my authentic self. And we start to realize we're not just one thing. We're like lots of stuff in the big soup inside And then how do we find the truth in the middle of all that? And so it's quite the journey. And we're going to be having an interesting conversation about it today with Shauna Lee. And Shauna Lee is the founder of The Soul Frequency. She's an intuitive healer, a celebrity manifestation coach, and an expert in leading purpose-driven individuals in their rediscovery and development of their core soul mission. Uh, Shauna is the conversation leader about the possibilities and practices for raising one's frequency and creating a life founded on truth and alignment. She authored the number one bestselling book, The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life. And she is the host of The Soul Frequency Show podcast and where I've also been. So we'll put a link to all that in the show notes. Shauna, tell us a little bit about your journey, because I know that this is a real focus of yours. It's like aligning to your soul frequency, waking up and living authentically. What led you to start down this path? How do you want to tell us that story today about how you got into Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I went through one of those pull the rug out from underneath of you awakening experiences where in a year's period of time, like everything recognizable in my life changed. And in that moment, you feel like you might be going crazy. You feel like what's happening in my world. You look around you a lot of times I did and said like, other, this isn't happening in other people's lives. Like, so it was an isolating experience a little bit. And I think at the beginning stages of that, you're just trying to hold on, right? And trying to figure out what's happening. And coming out the other side of that, I knew I wanted to help people. And I'd been on my own kind of physical healing journey, healing my body, understanding when I was younger, I had really struggled with food, you know, emotional stuff and like using food to kind of mask that. And so I was really going through kind of a healing experience with my physical body and my relationship with my physical body. And so coming out the other side, I was like, wow, I really think I can help people like in this way. So I started a practice of really, you know, nutrition coaching and like healthy eating and things like that. And what was happening in those rooms as time went on was fascinating to me. And I started to see it happening with everyone that I was working with. So people would be called or they'd be referred, you know, to this experience. And I'd be taking people through this experience and they'd be healing their bodies and understanding this relationship with their body. And through cleaning up what they put in their body, this other thing was happening in the room. So at a certain point in the process, people were like, I think I'm here to do this. Or gosh, I've had I've been having these dreams about this idea. And so I started to see that like things were rising to the surface beyond just I've come to heal my body is that when people were putting better stuff in their body, their frequency was changing. Therefore, they were able to connect to kind of other streams of information and connect more to their soul self and what they're here to do. And it was fascinating because some of the people that I was, that was in my practice at the time, they were an insurance agent or they had like these really kind of 3D, you know, solid careers they'd had their whole life. And all of a sudden they're like, I need to start this whole other different business. Like I'm going to start this other company and I'm going to do this. And so I started to ask myself, like, what's going on here? Because I kept seeing it over and over again. And when I started asking that question is when I started having this other relationship with healing, which was looking at all of these connection points of the things that we experience and learning how to disconnect some of the programming that we receive and how to connect people to a higher frequency And it's still programming. I still think, you know, there's lots of programming, but we can connect to programming that feels, you know, nourishing and loving and kind and of a higher vibrational frequency than some of the lower vibrational frequency. And so then I started working on a different level. So my practice started changing from, you know, just talking about food and health in the body to really not talking about that at all and starting to connect people to their higher soul self, which I call the soul frequency. Beautiful. And you know, the body is is really a big part of waking up, right? I mean, the body is here to be our vessel of earth school right? and to understand things and everything's stored in the body. So interesting that as you are helping people elevate their frequency with food and nutrition and probably movement, that you were finding that the next layer was coming up because that was on top, like the food goes on top of the pain, right? Comfort eating is a huge, that was in my family too. And I have rewired a lot of it, but it's, you know, it is a go-to pattern. Like if things start to come up that are uncomfortable, it's like food, you know, where's the, where's the awesome tasting food when maybe what's needed is just to sit and feel the feelings. Yeah. And the more feeling, you know, I'm, I'm a Cancerian soul and I 
have a lot of emotions. Are you? I love it. Um, I have a lot of big emotions, you know, that I've experienced in my life, which I think kind of goes along with being, you know, intuitive or psychic, like you just feel life. And so the way to kind of deaden those feelings a lot of times is obviously food, drugs, alcohol, whatever, you know, whatever someone's addiction is, because when you're feeling things so intensely and before you learn how to like understand what is yours and what is not yours, then you're just, you know, when you're in traumatic environments or around difficult relationships or your family system is difficult when you're growing up, you're just feeling all of that. You're drowning in it for a lot of people and you don't know how to stop it, right? And so for me, like in my life, food was a way to just drown out all that was going on around me. And I didn't have the tools at the time to say like, oh, wait, this isn't mine. I can actually send this energy off. I don't have to take everything in and process everything for everybody else. That is such a big lesson. I remember when I started healing myself and going to psychotherapy, one of the things that I would hear over and over again is you don't have any boundaries. And I was like, what is a boundary? Like, what is it? And they would give me all these conceptual descriptions of what a boundary was. And that didn't help me because I'm empathic and I'm a feeler and, you know, and it wasn't until I went to the four winds and I got in their program and I accessed my energy body through what's called the eighth chakra, the Viracocha. And I pulled that thing down around me. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, oh, that's me. And then we, ha- we had to do it over other people. So we had to put our Viracocha over somebody else and then take it back. And I was like, oh, that's who that person is. Okay, that feels really different than me. And then bring it back to myself and go, oh my God, this is me. So once I had that experience, it was like a snap. I was like, oh, I know who I am. I know my boundary now. Because if you're like an empath and you're meant to be here empathically, you probably have a pretty big and porous energy body so that you can pick up what other people are thinking and feeling. And it is confusing to know what's yours and what's someone else's. What are some tools that you give people for like accessing that boundary? Because I mean, that's confusing for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of conversations at the beginning of working with people of really just separating out what's theirs and what's other people's and kind of unplugging as empaths. Like we naturally feel like we want to help and heal. And so we plug into a lot of things and feel that we have to stay plugged into that, that that's the way to help and heal, that that's the, you know, it's like, it's very self-sacrificial. I'm going to bear the burden of the other person. And a lot of the beginning is, you know, teaching people that that's, that doesn't really even help the other person. I mean, we're all here learning our lessons and we need to move through the things we need to move through and see what we need to see. And when you kind of take on somebody else's everything, you're not helping them make their walk. And so, but for an empath at the beginning, it can feel like mean to not allow others to plug into you and to not plug into others. And so simply like as far as tools, I'm simply identifying for people over and over again when they're plugged in and when they're not. And when people start to feel a sensation of that, like the difference between when they are and when they aren't, you really can feel it. Like it's just that we're not taught to feel that, you know, and, we, and we're afraid if we've been plugged into something for a long time, it feels scary to unplug, right? It almost feels like it's going to rock your stability or your foundation when you unplug from somebody else's energy because you're used to it right? You're used to them taking your energy. You're used to, you know, the dynamic and the dance between being plugged into them. And so there's just usually a little bit of fear around that, but people can really feel the difference of like, it would be an energetic boundary. I mean, it's putting a boundary in place, but it's also 
really important for each person's like individual journey. Because if you are flowing energy to everybody else, you don't have any life force energy for yourself. And this is why, you know, you hear about people that just burn themselves to the ground, right? They're so exhausted and tired and they're amazing people who are giving, giving, giving to everybody else and supplying energy to everybody else, but have nothing for themselves, you know, in the end. And you have to get that right, I think, before you continue to expand. Otherwise, like people will say like in their own individual life, like, oh, I have like five people I'm really plugged into. But like when your world grows and now you have 25 people you're plugged into and then 50 people you're plugged into, like you can see where it gets not manageable. And then ultimately, you know, I say to people, if you can understand this from the beginning, then you can grow in a sustainable way where you're okay, right? And you're healthy and you're taking care of yourself. If not, you get to a point where at some point you walk away from everybody and everything because you're just so exhausted. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to go to the mountain for a month and I'm not talking to anybody because I can't handle it anymore, you know, like that type of thing. So I think it's important for all of us. Yeah, that's really powerful, especially if you're on the path to be a healer. You know, it's one of the things that I realized I was on the path to be a healer and I didn't even know what that was. And I know you're a healer as well. And this is a really big healer lesson. It's like, yes, we're here for service. Yes, we're here to be part of the collective. Yes, we're here to do healings and open the channel for spirit. No, we're not here to take on someone else's karma. No, we're not here to learn their lessons for them. No, we're not here to like sacrifice ourselves on the altar of, you know, Mother Earth. We're here to be in service and to stay in our own lane and to provide wisdom, right? But not to like sacrifice ourselves completely. And and this is like, we just talked about what every single mother faces. Like yeah. literally every mother. Yeah. And it's, you know, at different levels. I mean, you don't have to just be a healer. We're doing this. If you have any empathic qualities to you, you're probably doing this all over your life and you don't even know it because you've been doing it for your entire life. I mean, a lot of empaths come into family systems where immediately people plug into them and they need their bright light and their energy, right? Their own parents, their own siblings have this dynamic with that child from the time that they are born. So we don't know any different. And then there's a lot of flow of the child bringing their light to the table or being a light in a darker environment and that darkness rises up because that light is there, right? And so it can be very intense. It's like, you know, there's a lot of intensity around me. And so, you know, it's good to look back on our lives and just see who are the people that supply you love and connection and energy and who are the people where you go home and you need a nap, right? Or you say, I got to get out of this person's energy cycle. It's exhausting me. Because it'll help you to understand, like, and this doesn't mean that people are awful people or they're evil or whatever. You know, it's, we have these energy dynamics and it's, you know, a lot of times comes from something we're learning or working out in this lifetime, but we're here to learn it and to work it out and to understand it from a higher perspective. And so if we look at these things, I always say like, follow that energy, follow that feeling. And it's funny because a lot of empaths don't trust that feeling. Like, oh, I, I feel so exhausted when I'm around, you know, my mom or my dad or my uncle or whatever. But I'm like, something must be wrong with me. You know what I mean? Like everybody else is fine around this person. And we don't listen to ourselves, right? And to how we're feeling. Yeah. And so part of accessing that soul frequency is realizing these things, right? Realizing, oh, there is a there is a place and a way of being that I am healthy and happy and not alignment. And then there is the place I grew in that I grew up in. There is the way that I was brought into the world through 
And I think that also really interesting is for empaths don't realize it because they do sort of scapegoat themselves, right? Without even realizing it, because we live in a, in a matrix that we, um, the, the shadows come up and most people disown their shadows. We're not taught to own the shadow. So we're like, oh, not me, not me. I'm the star of my show, not me. I'm the good person, you know? And so it must be somebody else that did that bad thing or somebody else, that's why I'm feeling it. And so we're, we're kind of all programmed to project our shadows out onto everyone else. And when you're in a family system with somebody who has a big bright light and they are calling the shadows up, then everyone's trying to shove those shadows over on the other, you know, the person who's the empath, right? And those are the people that get diagnosed. I mean, those are the people that get the diagnoses and break down and and they can't handle it. And they're the weak link in the family system because they're inundated with so much heavy stuff. And they believe it's their fault, you know, because they were told that. And that was a big, big mind screw that I had to get out of, you know, and And I actually, I really love that there's work coming out now revealing that family systems is important to look at the whole family when, when one person's struggling is to look at the organism of the entire family and see what's actually going on in the energetics under the surface, because probably people need to clean up their boundaries about owning their own stuff, staying in their own lane, owning their own shadows, not projecting it over on somebody else. And the empath going, no, that's not mine. This is mine, but that's not mine. Figuring out the discernment. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest gift of the awakening experience is you go deep into the victimization of why is this happening to me? I don't want to change. You know, I can't do this. You know, as you go through this kind of tough lessons and at a certain point to come out the other end, you get to a place where you go, I'm the creator, right? I'm responsible for this. You know what I mean? I'm not the victim of this experience. Like I created this experience. I'm responsible for it. I'm responsible for myself. And that's the part where you start owning that shadow, right? And integrating it and saying, I think one of the most dangerous parts of spirituality in general is this idea of, oh, it's just going to be perfect and it's going to be happy. And like, oh, if you just do this, you can manifest only money and joy and this and that. And that's missing the point of this. We were talking about earlier, like you are going to cycle through various facets of your wounds to understand them from a different vantage point. It doesn't matter if it's the soul frequency work or any other work. It's really about integration and becoming whole and being aligned with the truth of who we are, which is all these aspects of self. It's not about erasing our shadow or trying to live this like Pollyanna, you know, I'm happy everyday life because we're here to go through the range of emotions. We're here to experience things. What changes is that we don't stay stuck in these states of victimhood for like decades, right? When things come up in our life that test us, we have more tools and we have the ability to see it from multiple perspectives, a higher vantage point, our lower wounded vantage point. When things come into my world, I can instantaneously click back and forth between what this looks like and what this means at different levels of frequency. So I can look at it from here and from here and from here and from here and from here. I can say, what's the lesson from this vantage point? What's the lesson from this vantage point, from this vantage point? So you have some movement with it where a lot of times people get stuck and there's only one way to see this. Like I'm seeing this from my wounded self or from my past and painting over the top of whatever is occurring in my life right now with all those wounds from the past. And I'm stuck in that vantage point. And so to be able to see things be, you know, we talk about being multidimensional. It's like what we're really talking about is also being multidimensional with our perception 
of what is occurring in our reality and being able to understand it in different ways, which then unlocks you from this rigid, you know, just three-dimensional thinking of like, this is what this is. And then we stay stuck there forever. Yeah, it's such a great perspective. And just to bring that home for everybody, what Sean is really saying is, um, guess what? There's not like a destination called forever happy with a smile on your face and you never ever feel angry, sad, mad, glad, all that stuff again. No, it's not a ladder going up. (laughs) This is the hardest thing for people to realize, right? It's not a ladder going up and you just stay up and you're never, ever bothered again by the human experience. No, we're in the human experience, but we can bring higher consciousness, awareness, soul perspective, soul frequency, if you will, to the human experience, right? And then from that perspective, everything looks different. So the wounded self looks different. The annoyance looks different. The anger looks different. It all looks different. And actually, I think that the soul perspective allows us to feel those things actually more fully because we know we're coming at it from the big self, from the one that's timeless. And so that stuff can't possibly take us out because we're bigger than it. You know, we're, we're bigger than this, this human experience We're we're timeless and we can handle feeling a little bit of anger. Yeah. And those are where the big lessons are. It reminds me, you know, there's a client of mine. It's so funny. And he found his way to me at a time in his life where everything was unraveling. Everything was bad. It was the worst it's ever been in his life. And I was like, you know, the good news when this is happening is you're up leveling you know what I mean? On the other side of this, like you don't go through things like this if there's not another side to it. So I'm like, it's just a matter of connecting to that next side of things. And what that was, was creating like from the ground up together, a vision for the company that he was going to create and what the, you know, what that was going to be. Everything down to like changing his name, conceptualizing the company. Like there was a whole thing that we rolled out. And like, when I look back on his journey over the past, like let's say four or five years, you would look at it from the outside and you would say, it is the most exciting, awesome thing that he has built and created and the people he works with and the people he employs and everything he does. And I think back to that moment where it was nothing, you know, he was in that point of nothingness, which is the point of creation, if we really understand it. And then I think about all of the conversations that have been had in that past, like four to five years. And in all those conversations, there was frustration, anger, like, how's this going to come together? How that's going to come together? You know, entrepreneurship, right? It's not an easy journey, especially at the beginning. But if you looked at his journey from the outside, people will go, oh my gosh, it's just a meteoric rise to like success and fame. And it's glorious and it's amazing. But in all of those detailed moments, it was all kinds of things, all kinds of emotions. And so, yeah, when we align ourselves we're going to keep growing and expanding in the way that our soul wants to, but it doesn't. And from the outside, it might look to other people like, oh my gosh, you're having only good days, right? Like things are only amazing. But again, we're learning so many beautiful lessons, right? Through our emotions and through our experiences in doing something really extraordinary that is from our heart and soul. And so we can't shy away from that, right? Like we want to embrace that as like, oh yeah, just like we embrace the totality of ourselves. We embrace the totality of the experience. Yeah. And we can't be afraid to let go. I mean, because when you've gone through one of those devastating right-hand turns, right? (laughs) Like where Alberto Vialdo, one of my teachers talks about it as a momentum tunnel. So like we're all living in the momentum (laughs) tunnel, right? And so like 98, 99% of our potentials are all pretty much different variations of the same thing. But when you make that hard right turn and you take that 1%, 
it's like, it does, it changes your whole life is very intense. It catalyzes everything. A lot of stuff falls away that is no longer aligned with you. Your soul comes in, everything's just like, whoa, like what just happened, right? And it's super messy for a while, dark night of the soul. But then like you start rising through it. And it's like you said, the meteoric rise. I've had people in my family say that everybody loves her. What the heck? You know, she was this and she was that. And now she's, everyone's listening to her. And uh, you know, they were so like people that were really upset with me for the things I did, right? Because I walked away. They're like, what the hell? And so, but then on the other side of that for a little while, time to let go again. It's like, okay, you did that. That was cool. Now what? You know, it's like the next opportunity comes in. I think that for some people, maybe there's one of these moments, but I think for other people who are on a big evolutionary path, there could be multiple moments of this where you go, okay, I'm burning the old me. It's all going in the fire. I'm releasing it all with love and devotion, funeral pyre, like, thank you. And then that moment of stillness, that moment of, oh my God, something else is going to come in now. And maybe it won't be as dramatic as the first time, or maybe it will, who knows, but we have to be ready to let go, right? We have to be courageous in this evolutionary process. I write a section in my book. It's actually like one of my most favorite things that I downloaded in writing my book. And it's a section called stability is an illusion. (laughs) And the one thing that I know about this evolution that we're all going through collectively, and then also my own individual evolution is that it rocks you to the core of whatever you think your stability is. And the reason for that is because at the higher frequencies, we are much more aware that everything is emotion. So what you're talking about, like the higher someone is vibrating and the more, you know, kind of work they've done physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, spiritually, things move faster, right? So you will move through iterations of yourself faster, right? And you will, and something else will birth through you again and again and again, because stability is an illusion. And the more you release and surrender and let go from the things that you hold on to and that your personality self-identifies with, the faster the energy moves, right? Through you, therefore the faster things, the faster lessons come in and the faster you move through them. And everything kind of quickens as you move through those experiences where it doesn't feel as dense, right? It's not like I'm trudging through the mud, which it may feel like at the beginning of, you know, an awakening journey, like, oh, I'm stuck in the mud. Okay, I can trudge through the mud. (laughs) Okay, the mud's, you know, the mud's getting a little bit easier to walk through. But it does start, you know, kind of going faster. And and this is also for me returning to our true nature as part of nature. Because when you think about animals, they move based on migration patterns, based on what will keep them safe, predators, things of that nature. If they said to themselves, like, I'm going to build this concrete building and I'm going to live in here and I'm not going to migrate when my body and soul tells me I need to move because of weather they wouldn't be as healthy as they are, right? They wouldn't be able to be who they are. They know in nature, all of nature knows that there's no there's no such thing as, as locking down, like this is my job, this is where I live. It's, it's about being able to move when your surroundings tell you to move. And when you know like, okay, the weather is not gonna be good for me here or, oh, there's predators coming in. Like I need to run over here. I need to relocate. It's in our ability to be in motion that we are our healthiest, right? Whether it's just physical exercise with our body, but you know, our egos, and we've been taught by society to try to hold everything down, right? Lock it down, have the savings account, have the house, have the job we self-identify with. 
And all of that energy is just not supported on the planet like it used to be because we're really evolving and changing. So, you know, this is part of also getting to a place where we move around the country in a much easier way, like the world, not just the country, the world. Everything becomes more accessible to us because we're not like, oh, it has to be right here. I'm not okay if I don't have this. So that's some of what's moving through us. And if we feel stuck for anybody that feels stuck in like really fearing our security, our safety and security, I would look into some of this, right? Because we can source safety and security from within ourselves, which is what it's really supposed to be and not from things outside of us. Yeah, that's so powerful. And, you know, this is a time when we could learn a lot of lessons from Hummingbird, right? Because Hummingbird takes the epic journey, doesn't have a clue where the next flower or the next nectar is. You know, it takes a an epic journey and always gets fed and just follows spirit, right? And that is what we're being invited to do. And as I, of course, as I took on the namesake of Hummingbird, because it came to me as a power animal, I'm constantly in that conversation too, like with myself. And, my, and it's not always an easy conversation because... You you do want to plan things out, you know. You you do want to, let's say, as a parent, you want to be sure you have a home for your kids. You want to be sure that they get school. All those things that you want to be sure are provided, right? But then this sort of coyote energy comes in and just sort of like disrupts things and moves this over here and says, "Nah, we don't need that," and oh, that's not important. And you're like, "It is," and you can find yourself in this little moment of disagreement with the universe, right? And who's got more energy? (laughs) So, so, you know, I think we are being called to like really get in the flow of things, really get aligned. And the message that came through for me last night, this is so perfect, actually. You know, it's always perfect, right? It's the same thing I was seeing. I pulled two cards from um, one of Alberto's decks. And the first card was, uh, it's time for an initiation. It's like a whole new beginning, right? And so there was a bridge into the cave where you go through the cave and you dismember and you let it all go because you're tired of yourself. <laughs> They're like, okay, everyone might be impressed with me right now, but I'm sick of myself. So I need to go dismember. <laughs> I'm done with this. And then on the other side, I was called to pull another card and it was the it was this joyful muse. Literally, I just got a cat and it was a cat card. It had a cat with a paintbrush, all happy and painting and like this like joyful cat. And it's like, wow. So in other words, on the other side of dismembering and letting we consciousness take over the me, dissolve the me, let the we, there's joyful muse. Wow. Okay. And so can you trust? And I asked myself last night, I was like, can I trust that if I let go of me, that the universe has got my back, And if I just disappear, like the consciousness of Carrie, my kids are going to be okay. Everyone's going to be fine because the universe has got us anyway. The whole idea that I was protecting them or doing anything is sort of like just my self-importance, right? (laughs) That's what I was going to do last night. (laughs) Yes. And it's so powerful, right? Because we have these preconceived notions of what we think we need to be as parents or We need to be as a woman or a man or a person. You know what I mean? Like we don't even realize that we're operating out of a lot of programming, right? And there's layers of that, right? Like you see some of it and then there's still some in there. You know, it's always great when you have awareness on your side and you can become aware or you like pull a card or you go somewhere, you know, so you have a conversation with someone and you're like, oh, boom, there it is. There's another, you know, kind of hidden layer that I need to take a look at. 
And it's so funny, you brought up hummingbirds. And, and I want to say that hummingbirds were like, in my awakening journey, hummingbirds came to call me forward. So I lived in a place at the time when my whole world fell apart. And I cried every single day for like months, like every single day. I was just like shedding. I didn't even know what I was shedding. I was just sobbing and like my world was falling apart. And I had this back patio and I lived like kind of up on a hill. So there was a view from the back patio. And I had like a little, you know, couch thing out there. And I would just go out there because I had a young son at the time and my husband, I didn't want to worry them. <laughs> I was like crying every single day. So I'd go out in the back patio and I would just sob. I would just sit there in nature and sob. And these hummingbirds started coming. First, there'd be two of them and they'd be dancing like right in front of my face, so close that I could like reach out and grab them. And every day I would go out there and cry and more hummingbirds would come and more hummingbirds. And I was never like a super nature person in my life. Like I just wasn't, you know? And it was like when nature started to open up for me and like started to hold me in this experience that I was having because I had nowhere else to go. Like it just felt like no one else could hold me through this. But like literally it began with hummingbirds and then it started with butterflies. And then I had squirrels showing up. And like, I just feel like nature was coming to me and just saying like, we've got you, like you're okay. And you're going to move through this. And it's one of those experiences that like still to this day just chokes me up when I think about it. Cause I started to have a relationship with these animals. And then the other part of me would have these moments where I'm like, okay, I'm talking to hummingbirds. Like, what is going on? Like, where has my world devolved to, right? I'm like out on my back porch talking to hummingbirds and butterflies. And so I had both of these aspects of myself, right? As we're going through our own transformation process, like there's a part of you that's like, yeah, I'm talking to hummingbirds. And then there's this part of me that's like, oh my God, should you be concerned? You're talking to <laughs> right? Like, and, and it was so great. And, you know, I mean, we all have those sides of ourselves, like as we go through these experiences. And at a certain point, I'm like, I'm just going to take both of these sides of myself with me, right? Into this kind of portal from this experience. So I love that you've taken on that name and it's very, very meaningful to my journey. Uh, yeah, I think Hummingbird is here for all of us, right? It's such a great guide for stepping into the multidimensional self and taking the journey with the ancestors, realizing that all of life is here to support us. We are loved, we are guided, we are held. And that we've taken on a little bit of heaviness above and beyond like what we're really actually responsible for. And, you know, big theme for everybody, I, at least everybody in my world lately has been like carrying. It's like, what are you carrying? And and then I thought that was funny with my name too, because my name is Carrie. And I was like, <laughs> stop carrying everything. And, you know, it's more like caring, you know, rather than carrying. And if we can learn to do that as empaths, even, you know, back to our conversation about empaths, it's like learning how to care for others without carrying them and their karma, you know, but just what you're like, Hey, you can do this. You got this. I'm in the next lane. I'm watching you. I'm over here in my lane. You're in your lane. You got this. I can cheerlead you from over here. You can handle it. You know, you wouldn't be here at this time if you couldn't. And, and I feel like that's what we do here, right? Shanna, when we're doing our podcast too, we're cheerleading everybody yeah. and saying, you got this, you got it. Yeah. yeah. It's the best, most awesome journey you can go on. Like no matter what it entails, you can have moments where you're like, what's happening in my life? But you look back on the experience and you're like, oh, this birthed me. This is how I became more of myself. And it's so sacred and so beautiful. And so no matter where you are in the process, sometimes you just have to stop and just say, I'm just grateful that I came here to have this life experience at this important time on the planet. I mean, obviously we all said, okay, here we go. This is a big moment and we're coming for this. And like you said, you wouldn't be here if you couldn't make the walk. 
And so it's just about having those moments, even when it gets intense, just saying like, I'm grateful I called myself up to this. I'm grateful that I get to experience this in this lifetime. I mean, it's really something extraordinary. It is. And I also want to normalize for anybody out there. If you've been having these feelings like, I hate being human. I hate humanity. This whole place sucks. Screw (laughs) earth. I don't like how many more lifetimes do I have to be here? This is endless. <laughs> Get me out of here. If you're having those feelings, that's part of the journey. It's okay to feel that. Like, I just want to totally normalize that. That is totally fine to feel that and embrace yourself through it. Just please don't act from it, you know, because I just, uh, I just want to remind you that you're always going to get another lifetime back if you didn't complete the missions. Oh no, like, <laughs> so don't do that. <laughs> Stick it out, get some support, get some help, feel the feelings and you'll, you know, it'll pass. That's the thing. Emotions pass. The moment passes as we feel things, right? It goes, it just passes. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any last words of wisdom you want to share with our audience? I think what you said is really beautiful. I mean, I, there's probably not a date that goes by when I don't struggle with humanness. And you and I have podcasts and we talk about this. I mean, I think it's like, again, just embracing all aspects of self and all feelings and knowing that you can move through them, that it's all part of the journey. And the next day is a different, you know, a different experience, a different emotion and and just riding those waves instead of trying to fight them. I use the analogy of like, you know, if you go to the beach, and you stand up nice and tall and a big wave is coming, it's going to knock you over and it's going to suck you under and you're going to not know where the top is and you're going to be spinning under the water. But if a big wave comes and you dive under it and you swim under the wave, you you feel the peace. You know, Underneath that big wave is peace. And then you come up the other side and you navigated that. Right. So it's like the ways in life that we stand in front of the wave like a rock that we get hit and towed under. But if we see it like, oh yeah, there's a wave coming. All right. I'm just going to, you know, dive underneath this wave and feel the peace underneath that and come out the other side and learn the lessons. Then we are moving with life. I love that you said that because literally Shana, about three weeks ago, my husband took me to the beach and we were in Port Aransas and we were on the beach and just kind of sitting and under the shade and just enjoying ourselves watching this little, this family full of kids, but the, the youngest one was so cute. He was tiny. He's maybe like three. That little guy was fearless. He went out in the waves. He sat there. And as each wave came in, you saw his little hand. Ka-chop! Ka-chop! <laughs> like he was karate chopping every wave. And I wanted to take a video of it so bad, but I didn't want to be a creepy person, but it was just so funny. He was just chopping every single wave. Like I will stop you. I will chop you down. And, and at some point he got tired. He just sat there. <laughs> <laughs> Little light worker coming. He's like, I will take on all the waves. <laughs> and I thought of myself in life, right? Like, oh my gosh, how many times have I been? I will take this on with my sword or my shield. <laughs> and it's like, really? You're going to battle life. Okay. You know, Right. And a few thousand lifetimes later, I'm like, yeah, I give that up. <laughs> <laughs> we all try. We all have our moments. <laughs> we come in so innocent. <laughs> I, know. I know. Good and evil, right, wrong. Oh, yeah. Okay. And now we're moving into <laughs> the Aquarian age where it's like, no, that's just not even true. <sighs> take a breath, everyone. Let's just take a breath together. This has been such a journey. And I don't mean just this broadcast, but I mean, you know what I'm talking about, people. This has been a journey all together. Let's take a breath. 
we came this far, that part of the journey is coming to a close. Piscean age is fading out. Aquarian age is opening. And we get to do this kind of fun stuff together. We get to do this, Shauna. No. Yeah. The joyful muse, the cat, is coming to play. <laughs> oh, everybody, just breathe that in and just take it in. This is true. I can feel it in my heart. You feel it too, Shauna, right? Like we're yeah, we're through so much of the woods. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know you guys have really loved this interview and this beautiful woman here that has courageously awakened and gone through all the dark nights and showed up here for you guys. So check out her book, The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life. And if you like it, leave a review because we always love that as authors if you leave a review for us. Thank you so much for doing that. And share this broadcast out with anyone who's struggling, going through a hard time. Share it out because this might really be the change what they hear here. And we're going to give kisses. You want to help me give kisses, Shauna? Yes. We're going to give kisses, everybody. We love you so much. Thanks for tuning in and staying to the very end to get these kisses. We love you, love you, love you. Here they come. Double healer kisses. (laughs) Exactly. All right. See you next time on Soul Nature Show, everybody. Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of nectar from the source of who you are.